Hi, my name is Vaughan and my single-minded story is one of blessing. Recognising that to live a faithful Christian life as a single person in midlife did not mean isolation and loneliness. It needn't anyway. And we're not meant to live without intimacy. And I thought because I was single and likely to remain single, I desperately needed friendship. I needed to work out what does friendship look like? How do I draw friends closer? Actually, I discovered as I was a bit more open with others, I found that my married friends were feeling isolated increasingly uh, in kind of midlife and wanted friendship too. Hi everyone, my name is John Lee, and welcome to another episode of Single Mind Stories brought to you by Single Minded. We're all about producing resources about singleness that equip Christians, encourage Christian communities, and shape Christian culture. Which means that this podcast, Single Mind Stories, is about singleness, but it is for everyone. In each episode, we chat about our guests, about the different joys and challenges and opportunities and growth that they have had in their singleness story, and most importantly, with their uh, life with Jesus. And today I have with me Vaughn. Uh, thanks for coming on and being willing to share your story with us. At the top of the episode, you, you gave us a little sneak peek about your story uh, as a blessing. And uh, I'm excited to hear more about that as we go on. But uh, before we get into all of that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we'll go back to say a little bit more about blessing because it depends which day you ask me as to whether it's been a blessing or, or at times it can kind of feel like a curse. But just a very quick introduction. I work as a pastor in Oxford in England. I've been doing that for many years. I've been a member of the church, St. Ebbs in the centre of Oxford for I think 33 years um, and one of the pastors for 31 years. And to my huge surprise, senior pastor for 25 years, um, which has gone so quickly. And on top of that, I do a bit of writing and speaking all over the place. And I love uh, sports. That's great. Uh, what what sports do you enjoy? Well, no, John, uh, I didn't tell you this earlier, but you give me an opportunity to boast because I'm actually a world ranked tennis player. Um, oh wow! I, I should just say that the the version of tennis is the original form of the game, which is real tennis. It's the original game, and I should also tell you that everyone who plays it is world ranked. So it's not as impressive as it sounds, but um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a quirky, quirky, weird game. The kind of game that still exists in Oxford. And I play on a court that was built um, about 300 years ago. Wow, that's amazing. And at the time of recording, Wimbledon's going on right now. You're right. I was actually there yesterday watching uh, uh, Wimbledon. It's a great place to, to watch tennis. That's amazing. Well, uh, Vaughn, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your story of singleness? Sure. Well, I've been, I've been single all my life. All of us start single, and uh, I think many just assume that singleness will end, and for some it's a surprise that it doesn't. I, I never really imagined myself married, and uh, I think a major part of that was during teenage years experiencing same-sex attraction. Actually, that, at that time I thought it probably would go away, but it kind of didn't, and so I, I never ended up imagining marrying. In my later teens, so I was about 17, I was converted to Christ, and um, that was a dramatic change of life. And I'm so grateful I was discipled by those who believed in the beauty and positiveness of, of marriage and of singleness. So that, and I had models, um, John Stott, for instance, and, and Dick Lucas, another great uh, British pastor. I knew those guys. 
they were well respected in the, the circles I moved in and they were single. So um, I, I just thought, well, I'm not going to be single. Uh, I'm not going to be married. And, and that, there's some good in that. So in a, in a quick summary, I, that's what I found to be true. Although, of course, there are many challenges along the way. As as you think about your story, uh, any particular highlights in your experience that were kind of pivotal for you as you thought about singleness? Well, I mentioned the first. I, I think I, I'm quite unusual to have been discipled in a Christian setting where singleness was valued and actually spoken of, not something as a state that everyone should desperately try and get out of, but as something good in and of itself. And I'm just so grateful for that. So that set me in uh, in a good place from the beginning. The other thing I think about the, the way I was discipled and the circles I've continued moving is um, the gospel's been at the heart. And I don't think you can make sense of the goodness of singleness without understanding the gospel very deeply and the goodness of Christ and the sufficiency of Christ. So um, there have been challenges along the way, but I don't think I think those were the turning points, and they came at conversion. I'm just so grateful for them. And the challenge for me has been to keep on going back to what I first heard, and to believe the goodness and truth of what I first heard, and uh, and not not to um, not to forget it. So I don't think I've I've actually learned anything of huge value principally since then, because I was so fortunate to hear those two good things right at the beginning. So much of the Christian life is is remembering old truths and being able to hang on to those. Yeah, and of course it's true whether you're married or single, that you know fundamentally, through the blessings and the downsides of very, whether marriage or singleness, it's about applying the gospel to the heart and then flowing into life. Otherwise, you'll be really bad at being contentedly married or at being godly in marriage, or you'll be really bad at, at being contentedly single or being godly in your singleness. And, you know, that's what the Spirit is doing through the Word and, and through God's people. And so the challenges of singleness are all about me largely forgetting the gospel. And, and when it goes better, it's about me, with the help of God and others, applying the gospel. Amen. You, you mentioned a bit about some of the challenges that happened after that kind of pivotal time in your life. Can you talk more about that? What have been some of those challenges and complexities with your singleness? And what does faithfulness look like? Um, in, in those difficulties? Well, of course, singleness looks and feels very different depending on circumstances. And a big part of circumstances is age and stage. So when I was converted, very few of my friends were even going out. I was a normal school, so they, they weren't going out with girls by and large. So I didn't feel odd. And then most of my friends started dating, and that's when I felt a bit odder, and being single just felt a bit odder. Then there came a stage when they started getting married, and I compensated for that, I suppose, by um, because married friends had less time for friendship, understandably and rightly. So I, my friends then began to get a little younger, and then it got to the stage where it, it wasn't easy to, to keep making younger friends. So um, when I was hitting late 30s, that's when I was beginning to feel the isolation of singleness, because I'd always had lots of friends. And, but friendships were becoming more distant. So that, that was a key moment and a real challenge. And that forced me to think about friendship. I've actually written a little book on friendship, which came out of those reflections. And I thought because I was single and likely to remain single, I desperately needed 
friendship. I need to work out what does friendship look like? How do I draw friends closer? Actually, I discovered as I was a bit more open with others, I found my married friends were feeling isolated increasingly uh, in kind of midlife and wanted friendship too. That, you know, that was a challenge that moment, but also what, what helped in terms of being faithful was obviously there were ungodly ways of dealing with that um, sense of beginnings of isolation, a longing for intimacy that wasn't there, uh, feelings of resentment, frustration, um, all sorts of things that were unhealthy. But, but thank the Lord, I was encouraged towards faithfulness. And I think that meant recognising that to live a faithful Christian life as a single person in midlife did not mean isolation and loneliness. It needn't anyway. And we're not meant to live without intimacy. And so I, at my best moments, have pursued godly, healthy intimacy above all with Christ and then with others. And that's another ongoing goal and struggle. Things go well uh, when I'm enjoying intimacy with Christ and with others. Things are much harder and go less well when, for whatever reason, often my own fault, but sometimes circumstantially, those intimacies are less strong. This podcast is a ministry of the Single-Minded Ministry. Here at Single-Minded, we develop faithful resources about singleness that equip Christians, encourage Christian communities, and shape Christian culture. We'd love you to be part of that. So check out our free resource library and upcoming events, subscribe to our podcast, join our mailing list, and spread the word about Single-Minded. You can also help make our Single-Minded vision a reality by partnering with us financially. Our ministry relies on the generous financial support of our community. So to make a regular or one-off financial gift, visit www.singleminded.community forward slash give. Can you unpack a little bit more about overcoming that challenge of friendship? Like what were some things that were particularly helpful for you um, as, as you thought through that? Yeah, I'd, I'd never really talked about friendship or thought about it very much. I, I remember when I was a student, there was a seminar put on um, about how how to be a good friend and have good friends. And I thought that's a very weird thing to focus on because I just had friends. I, I always found easy to make friends, easy to keep friends. Um, so I never really thought about it. And then when I found friendships were just drifting, there were friends who'd drop everything and, and run towards me if I needed. But I wasn't doing life closely with others in the way I wanted. I then began to think, I discovered there was quite a lot in the Bible on friendship, not least in the book of Proverbs, and the importance of living life with close companions. And um, I think I learned that that required vulnerability, which I'm not naturally good at. And uh, it meant me taking the initiative and actually saying to some, look, I really value your friendship. I need your friendship. And being a bit more, actually, that was the time when um, beyond a very small circle, I became, became a little bit more open about my same-sex attraction because I think a lot of people had assumed that I was um, single for this, a deliberate choice for the sake of the gospel. 
well, I hope it has been for the sake of the gospel. It wasn't a deliberate choice. And, and um, so being a bit more open about that might have helped people to realise, oh, hang on, maybe Vaughan isn't this self-sufficient guy who just doesn't need people. Um, maybe their vulnerabilities there. What I found in being more open and vulnerable was that actually that enabled my friends, most of whom were married, to be open and vulnerable with me. And it, it deepened the friendship. Because I've got a, a bit of a phobia of it being one way. I'm the needy guy. I'm the single one. And I found it wasn't actually like that. And But someone's got to make the first step. And um, having more time, relational time, is a huge blessing as a single person. So to try not to fill that relational time with work just because I can, and there's no one telling me to stop, but actually thinking, no, I need relational time. And so I've got to prioritise it. And I can be more flexible in that. And that is a gift to many of my married friends who want it, but they can't easily come necessarily to see me. So um, I've tried to, to act on those principles of actually, rather than waiting for other people to be friends to me, to try and take the initiative to be a good friend to others. Again, that's an ongoing learning, but it's something I've tried to put into practice. Yeah. I mean, being vulnerable with others is such a scary thing. Oftentimes we think that it's going to push people away. And there are certainly times where it could be harmful, but many of the times it actually draws people closer. Yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing that. You, you mentioned some of the blessings with, with some more kind of relational availability that you had. What are some of the ways that guys blessed you and others in your singleness? I think other, others would need to answer um, the question is how, how they've been blessed by my my singleness uh, i'd be i'd be surprised and disappointed if if there weren't those who could testify to that because one of the advantages of singleness is to have more time to invest as 115 7 says in um, the work of the lord for me the um i mean i've got more friends than anyone i know and i'm not saying that in a boasting kind of way it's just i've, I've had more time for that and and actually friends around the world i mean i've been able to travel not least in christian ministry in ways that would have been very very hard to do if i was if i was married i think book writing as well i mean and now i i wonder how i've ever written books because life gets busier and busier but in the past i had a bit more time i remember one friend of mine saying um he said i have children you write books and i, I think what he meant by that was he had no spare time. And so the kind of times when I suddenly thought, oh, I've got a bit of flexi time here, for instance, in the uh, the longer summer holidays when kids are off off school and so on, that's when he's at his busiest. He's trying to look after the kids and do ministry and so on. But I, I was a bit more, more, more flexible. So there have been advantages there and actually just the freedom at a purely human level to make decisions without having to factor lots of other people in. And of course, it's not just a wife and kids, but in-laws and, and so on. I think I've, I've definitely gained from the downsides too. And uh, so that's why when I said at the beginning, blessing, I think um, singleness has been a blessing. That doesn't mean to say it's always been fun or always been easy. It absolutely hasn't. And, and if you ask me for a word tomorrow, I might give you a very different word. But as I look back on um, my Christian life, I've often learned the, the most through harder times. And I think uh, a lot of those harder times have been linked to singleness, actually, either because they're directly related to singleness or because actually they, they felt a bit harder because I'm single. Um, I've wanted at that point 
a cheerleader, as it were, living in the home. That would be a great thing. But the very fact that I haven't had that person, that one person who's there all the time uh, as a physical presence, I think has meant that I've sometimes been forced to go to Jesus. In I wish I'd gone quicker, but I'm slow to do it. And, and I, I suspect that if I had other people there immediately, I, I might be less inclined to go to him. So it's been through the hardest times when I've often woken up to my need of him. And that's been a blessing. But I often say that, I have to say that in hindsight, at the time, it hasn't felt like a blessing. Thank you for sharing that. You you've talked a little bit about some of those blessings and challenges and singleness. Uh, you're, you're a pastor right now. Uh, what have been some ways that your church community and your church family have been part of that single story? They've been a huge part. I, I'm, un, I'm very unusual because I joined the church when I came to Oxford to do training for ministry. I was 24 at the time. And there are still a few who knew me back then. And um, so they've known me kind of man and boy. And, and there's, a, there's a great plus in that because we, we need one another in the Christian life. And pastors are church members. It's very important to remember that. So I, I'm a Christian. I'm a member of the body. And that means I need to receive, not just give. And so who pastors me? It, it, it should very significantly be the church community, just as I'm involved in pastoring them. But I'm not the pastor, as if they're all pastored by me and no one else. We pastor one another, and uh, I have a particular role within that pastoral care and the preaching, teaching ministry and, 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 and so on. But I need them. But that can be quite hard for pastors because many people relate to us as roles and only know us up front, especially in larger churches. In American standards, we're a kind of medium-sized church. In British standards, we're a large church, very large church in British standards. So there's a, there's an isolation in that, which I think is is really challenging for pastors. But I'm greatly helped by having known some for a long time before I became a pastor even. so, And some of the staff team, we've known each other and worked together for many years. So there are friendships alongside of that. Having said all that, I also need to make sure that I keep really close friendships outside the church community, because as a pastor, I'm, you know, how I'm doing is, is deeply related to how the church is doing. And um, there are some things in that that I can't easily share with other church members, and even if they're close friends. So I need to make sure as a pastor that there are really close friends out of church life who I can share things with. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, any, any particular stories that come to mind when you think about your church experience that were unusually encouraging or, or, um, or challenges that you didn't expect in the church that, that you overcame? Well, I think one huge blessing to me was when I spoke openly about being same-sex attracted by the way, that's not something I define myself by. It's just part of my reality. But I, I felt the need to do that so that I could be a partial help to more. And um, the beautiful thing was, I mean, the church just accepted them their stride because they knew me already. And that was a great sign that the relationships were good. They didn't put me in any kind of box or category. So it was a beautiful thing. They just continued to um, to relate to me as they'd always had. It was no no change 
so that that showed friendship close fellowship and and great great love and support that's a huge plus i can't think of any you know real downsides i think um the downsides are to do with some of the challenges of being single that are not particular to my setting and some of the challenges to being a pastor who's single as a challenge is sometimes as a pastor particularly as a senior pastor i'm in role and uh, that means that i have to kind of act as senior pastor in relation to those who are friends and you know that can be complicated sometimes with friends and colleagues and it would be easier if i didn't have that role but um, they've made it as easy as possible i feel loved and i feel very much part of a family the church is my family I've, I've got a wonderful biological family i've got a wonderful spiritual family too yeah thanks for sharing all that um as we wrap up any encouragements that you would have for our listeners as they pursue christ in their stories whether single or married well to, to keep remembering the the wonder of the gospel that that's what makes sense of life as a whole in all its ups and downs and and of singleness in particular so don't dwell on the negatives don't deny the negatives let's not pretend that sometimes it can be very hard to be single just as of course sometimes it can be very hard to be married but keep remembering that um jesus is there he is true he is very loving don't over dramatize i mean it's very important that in that moment when it's it's particularly hard. The danger at that moment is I can think it's going to be like this for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And then it becomes impossible. But it really isn't going to be like that all the time. It'll feel different tomorrow. And even in the moment of that reality, Christ reigns. Christ is loving. The future is glorious. I am joined to Christ by the Holy Spirit. So don't just dwell on the experiential reality in the moment keep thinking gospel and get others to apply the gospel to you because i'm the worst at applying it to myself i'm very good at applying it to others i need someone else to apply the gospel to me well vaughn thank you so much for sharing your single mind story with us i'm sure that those that are listening are going to be encouraged and 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 enjoyed hearing about how god's worked in your singleness in so many different ways um if you're listening to this podcast uh and you want to help us out give us a review on whatever podcast app you use, and uh, that helps spread the word um, and tell other people about single-minded stories. If you're new to single-minded as a ministry, you can find out more about uh, their webinars and, and seminars, as well as past conference recordings for free. Uh, that That is zero dollars or, or whatever currency you use uh, at, at our website, singleminded.community. That's singleminded.community. And as a ministry, Single Minded relies on the generous financial support of our community. So we'd love it if you'd consider partnering with us financially. To do that, you could go to singleminded.community forward slash give. That's singleminded.community forward slash give. Um, Vaughn, thank you for your time. Okay, good to be with you. Thanks for listening to Single-Minded Stories. For more information about Single-Minded, to access our resource library or to partner with us financially, visit www.singleminded.community. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and X. Thanks to Danny Trawick and John Lee, our co-hosts, Sarah Sarangallo, our podcast editor, 
and Aaron Talada, who created our theme music. 